Good morning and welcome to worship at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. We are glad that you have found your way to our sanctuary through Facebook Live or Spotify or our website. And we are especially excited and grateful to welcome members of Allison and Jeremy Black's family as they present their daughter, Quinn Abigail Black, for the sacrament of baptism this morning. For those of you who are friends and family of them, um, the Whitman family, the Wright family, the Towns family, the Freeman family, we grant you a special welcome here to worship this day and any day you decide to come on back. Uh, for those of you who are visitors of Selwyn and would like to learn more about what it means, means to belong here to this intergenerational community of faith, We'll be glad to share more about that as we'll host orientation classes to learn more about what it means to belong after Easter. The flowers this morning uh, that are here in our sanctuary are given in memory of Selwyn member Bobby Frank Davis, whose life was celebrated in worship yesterday in a memorial service. Uh, very exciting news tonight at 5 o'clock. We will launch our outdoor worship service on the lawn. If you feel comfortable, we hope you will grab a mask and a chair and maybe a coat and come join us for a time of great celebration and joy where we will have um, our, bluegrass, our bluegrass band with um, our very own Eli Winkenwerder and his friends from Asheville. Today marks uh, the second to last Sunday in Lent. And we are hoping to remind you of the many ways that we are giving back to God through this Lenten season, through hunger, our pantry items to benefit Montclair Elementary School um, would be best received by March 28th. Homelessness, uh, we are supporting back home kits with roof above. And of course, any Lenten financial offerings will support our work through our mission partners with Montclair Elementary School and Greater Enrichment programs. If you are a high school student between the ages of 9th and 12th grade, please join Margo for small group on the lawn tonight at 4 o'clock. And also, please note that there will be important Holy Week service information for both virtual and in-person worship in your weekly email this week or on our website. Last but not least, as we maintain our community through prayer and fellowship, Please know that you are welcome to share your joys and concerns this morning in the chat feed. And also know that immediately following worship today, you um, can greet us on Zoom where we will be together for about 15 minutes to pass the peace and say hello. And now let us prepare our, our hearts to worship God. Please join me in the call to worship from Psalm 23 that's printed in your bulletin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As God's beloved children, we are invited to go before God with the fullness of our lives, our brokenness and our struggles, to admit our faith and our fear. Trusting in God's mercy, let us make our confession in unison. Holy God, 
we confess that we have failed to live in covenant relation with you and one another. We have exploited our relationships with one another in the earth for private gain. Our hearts have become hardened to the sufferings we have caused. Create in us a new heart, O God. Write your law in our hearts so that we will love you with all of who we are and love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. Friends, hear these words of assurance from 2 Corinthians. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Friends, believe in the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. It is with great joy that we welcome to this baptismal font Quinn Abigail Black and her parents, Allison and Jeremy Black. Quinn also brings with her many loving and supportive family members and friends, a few who are here with us in the sanctuary, and many others we know that you've joined us virtually. Our assisting elder this morning is Kim Claxton, and we're glad you're here with us too, Kim. Quinn's baptism was originally scheduled for December 13th, when we were forced to postpone due to COVID, but God's grace is persistent. Allison and Jeremy have been patient and faithful since joining Selwyn Avenue last year and finding their way to our church with a lot of hope and trust for what their lives will be after the pandemic. They have been busy spouses, and since Quinn has hit the scene, they have been true partners as parents. Baptism is a visible sign of God's invisible grace. It is a sign and a seal. It is here at this font where we are named and called and marked by God's grace in Christ. So on this Sunday, in the midst of so much uncertainty, we are reminded that we can do nothing to earn this grace, but it is by God's holy invitation into the body of Christ that we are welcomed into the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. As you all watch the drops of water land on Quinn's head, please remember your own baptism as we enter into this covenant that God has established, nurtured, and sustained us through all of our days. Now, Jeremy and Allison, putting your whole trust in the grace and love of Jesus Christ, do you desire to have Quinn baptized? Yes. Will you be responsible for the nurturing of Quinn in the faith and life of the Christian community? Will you, by your prayers and witness, help Quinn grow into the full stature of Christ? Yes. Do you, the people of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, promise to share with Quinn the good news of the gospel and to help her to know of the peace and joy and cost of Christian discipleship? We do. Do you promise your prayers and fellowship, caring and encouragement for this family that their ties with the household of God may be strong and enduring? We do. Let us rise and say together what we believe using the historic faith of the church expressed in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You all may be seated and we'll continue in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of baptism. Thank you for inviting us into a life of love and fulfillment with your son Christ. As we approach Holy Week and continue to be isolated by a pandemic, we gather here at this font in good hope and great joy 
as we are reminded of your persistent and abundant grace. Especially we thank you, O Lord, for your choice to mark baby Quinn with the sign and seal of your Holy Spirit. Open her heart and inspire her each day so that she may seek you through her lifetime, always knowing that the covenant we celebrate this day is unbreakable. Guide Allison and Jeremy as they, as they raise Quinn to be disciples of your love. Give them continued patience, forgiveness, and resilience, flexibility, and humor. And when life might seem unbearable or confusing, or when parenting might separate them instead of bind them, guide them in the ways of your son Christ. Bring them to this place where the message is clear and the yoke is easier and the burden is lighter as we support one another. Holy God, help Selwyn Avenue to take these baptismal vows seriously. Inspire us to know Quinn by name and to seek her out and to know her joys and sorrows and to teach her the good news of the gospel. And now we ask that you set these waters apart so that what is common is now inspired by your Holy Spirit and that these waters be redemptive and renewing as we wash Quinn in the love that is unmatched above all, the love of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, Quinn, Abigail, here we go, girl. Why don't you hold her? Just right over there. Quinn, Abigail, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I did it anyway. Amen. Welcome to the family, Quinn. See how amazing God's love is that we should be called children of God. For this child, Christ was born. For this child, Christ taught and preached and prayed. For this child, Christ suffered on a cross, was buried, and then rose again. Quinn knows nothing about any of that. She just knows that she is loved unconditionally by her parents in all of you all. You see, we love God because God loves us first. This is Quinn Abigail Black. Her name has some significance, as many of you all know. Of course, her first name is from her father, Jeremy's middle name. As I've been told, her second name was a bit elusive, Abigail. As the story goes, Jeremy and Allison went back and forth for a while, and they couldn't make up their mind. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Jeremy kept saying, what do you think about that name Abigail? And Allison would say, like, I didn't suggest Abigail. Extended family and friends made suggestions. They made lists. They texted ideas back and forth. Finally, she was born. Two days into the hospital, they needed a name for the birth certificate. And Allison said, Jeremy, do you like the name Abigail? And he said, yeah, I do. And so Allison looked it up, and Abigail means a father's joy. What joy has Quinn brought to her parents and to all those are near her? She's a bright, loving child. She's never met a stranger. She's friendly. And as I've been told, she has strengthened Jeremy and Allison's relationship, changing what it means to love, changing what it means to know who God is and the importance of what it means to raise Quinn in a faith community. So in Avenue, we need to get to know this one. She belongs to us. And so it's on, it's on our shoulders to help these two raise her in the church, to teach her the love of Christ, and to pick her up when she might stumble along the way. This is Quinn Abigail Black. She's a child of Allison and Jeremy Black. She is a child of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, and she is a child of God. Thanks be to God. Quinn Abigail Black is now identified as a child of God in Christ's church. Through baptism, God has put his seal upon Quinn to share with us all the benefits of Christ's sacrifice. Let us be supportive of Jeremy and Allison as they nurture Quinn and assist her to be a faithful disciple. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome Quinn into Christ's church, where we are all one in Christ. We promise to love, 
encourage and support you to share the good news of God's love with you and to celebrate with you God's unfolding blessings. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face upon you, be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and grant you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We continue with our preaching series through Lent as we walk with Jesus through the Gospel of Mark. Two miles away from the gates of Jerusalem lies a sleepy neighborhood called Bethany. Not a lot happens in Bethany, which we can translate as the house of affliction. It's not a wealthy suburb, and as history suggests, it was a colony for Jerusalem residents with diseases like leprosy or other contagious diseases. You know how it goes, out of sight, out of mind. If you're staying out in Bethany, chances are you're either sick or poor or both. But either way, Bethany just happens to be the place where Jesus called home. It's not that Jesus was born there. It's not so much for the views or for the accommodations, but it's for the people who welcomed and loved him. Those he trusted the most, like Mary and Martha and Lazarus, either lived in Bethany or traveled with him, like the disciples, to Bethany. Indeed, home is who you love and trust the most. And if we've learned anything over this past year, few things are more important than those people. And so we turn our Bibles to the 14th chapter of Mark, verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, why was the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii in the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. 
for you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand its burial. For truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and promised to give him money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. May God bless the speaking and the hearing of God's holy word. Amen. Well, every betrayal begins with trust, which probably explains why this story unfolds in Bethany. Family, friends, work colleagues, spouses, partners, lovers, children, siblings. The thing about betrayal is that, well, there's signs, but we're not really looking for them, are we? Maybe we have a hunch, maybe we can feel it coming, but why would we really be concerned? Well, Jesus, I guess he had a hunch. There is speculation, of course, but we don't really know why Judas betrayed Jesus. There's a breakdown in communication, an unwillingness to speak honestly, an inability to face one's own fear of loss or failure. Agendas or goals or needs become misaligned by self-interest or fear or maybe both. I guess Judas had a hunch too. What in the world was Jesus doing anyway? Three years in, two days before the highest, most important days in the temple, celebrating the Israelites' liberation from slavery in Egypt, God's providence, God's delivery to the promised land, and man, tensions were high. Rome is pressing in. He's already revealed himself to be the Messiah. Ironically, Messiah literally means the anointed one. The new king, wonderful counselor, mighty, everlasting father, prince of peace. And there they were in the middle of podunk slum village, Bethany, watching Jesus laid back at a dinner table with a leper while some unnamed woman lavishes an entire jar of precious oils on Jesus' head. Who's betraying who, anyway? A shift in loyalty, a breakdown in trust, an opportunity to escape, sometimes encouraged with an internal whisper of entitlement and justification. One study suggests that more than 45% of marriages report betrayal at some point. I suspect it's more than that. It's not just physical affairs, but more emotional betrayals, really. Honestly, most long-term relationships and friendships endure betrayal. While some relationships cannot and should not recover, a majority actually can and do recover, and may even become stronger if both are willing to be honest and put in the work. And while we don't know why Judas betrayed Jesus, we do know Every betrayal begins with trust. Jesus trusted Judas. He was their treasurer. And Judas trusted Jesus. Well, until he didn't. You see, it's not Rome that was out to get Jesus. It was all of us religious folks in the temple. It was the preachers and the seminary professors and the elders. Because, see, we church folks... We make it sound so easy. It's so black and white. It either is or it isn't. You just read the Bible. That's what we say. No other gods besides Yahweh. Don't cheat. Don't lie. Don't steal. Honor your parents. Walk humbly. Do justice. Love mercy. Well, it's not really that easy, is it? We actually have a lot of idols. Our parents actually annoy us. We don't like to walk. We'd rather run. We're not that humble. We fight about what the word justice really means, and nobody loves showing mercy. It's just something we have to keep working at. 
And honestly, Jesus, two weeks ago, you were telling us to give away all of our money to the poor. And today it seems you have no problem with a year's salary worth of nard being dumped on your own head. Judas, who was always fiscally responsible and concerned about money, had to wonder, well, which is it, Jesus? Spend the money on the poor or waste it on an outrageous display of devotion? Can't you hear Judas complaining? Let's be honest. I don't care what she did to get that jar of ointment. She's the one betraying the whole system. She knows she doesn't belong here. She's not even supposed to be at the dinner. She's not supposed to waste all that money. She's not even supposed to touch Jesus' head. And you, Jesus, you're not supposed to condone it. It's not proper. There are standards and expectations. It's not allowed. It's not in the budget. It's not what we planned. Who is she anyway? It's the last straw. I'm out. Who's betraying who, Jesus? We, we church folks, we make it sound so easy, don't we? You can't serve two masters. It's either your own wealth or God. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Lepers, prostitutes, tax collectors, come on in. We've got room for you in the front pew. You belong here with us. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Take up your cross. Lay down your life. It's actually not that easy, is it? Why are those religious people so angry anyway? That's what it says in the scripture. It says they were really angry. 300 denarii, it's a whole year's worth of money. That's a lot of pantry food. So I think they have a valid point. But instead, Jesus says, you all leave her alone. Why do you care what she does with her own faithfulness? This is her act of faithfulness, her choice to do all she could with all she had. And it has nothing to do with your ability to call or to help on the poor. They aren't going anywhere, and I'm about to die. And you people, you're offended because her actions, her generosity, her ability to understand, her willingness to interrupt the party and break the rules seem to highlight your own rigidity, your own fear, your own obsession with being in control and being right, your own unwillingness to see the truth for what it really is. I mean, let's be honest, Judas. It's not so much about the religious leaders, is it? We know what they're up to. It says they were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. Man, those are mighty high stakes. They'd already tried three times before the festival. Everybody knew to kill Jesus during the festival would have likely incited a riot amongst the crowds because they were already enduring so much oppression and poverty. Why do you think the scribes and the priests were so thrilled when they finally roped Judas into the plan? The betrayal, it's always an insider's job. There has been, or there will be, a moment in everybody's life when we have a choice to make. You either bite your tongue or you speak the truth. You either pour it all out or you hold back. You either take the risk or you stay the course. You either make the leap or you walk away. You either give it all you have or you take what you can. There comes a time when you either trust what you know to be true about God and in every effort to be courageous and committed to the integrity of your faith, whatever is faithful and good and just at all costs, or you play it safe. You do whatever is acceptable or maybe justifiable, not by Jesus' standards, no, but by everybody else's. It's so easy to assume that Judas had greedy plans for an oceanfront condo on Sunset Beach. But we don't really know that. Maybe Judas didn't want to go down with the ship. Maybe Judas was just playing it safe. There was so much to lose.
status, honor, reputation, access to the temple, lucrative contracts with Rome, security, social capital. Best not to offend anyone. Gospel, it'll cost us a lot of money and a lot of comfort and sometimes even relationships because standing by Jesus requires a betrayal of worldly standards that center our own achievement and success and comfort at the expense of the gospel truth. There's nothing easy about Jesus' agenda, especially the week before he hangs on a cross. You see, the stakes are so high, and at this point, Judas knew that all roads with Jesus led to a cross. Maybe in the end, Jesus just wasn't worth it. Maybe it's easier for folks like us to have sympathy for the insider, Judas, as opposed to this radical outsider, the unnamed, marginalized woman who appears from the dark shadows of a shanty town. I wonder who risked more. I mean, maybe she didn't have that much to lose, or maybe she had everything to lose. Maybe she did give it all she had, all of her money, any sort of reputation was risked, her sense of security. She could have been accused or killed for such a display. And for that, she, this unnamed woman, is the first one who truly understands just how high the stakes really were. She is the one who will be remembered as the first apostle, and we do not even know her name. She knew what we all know, that there's nothing that we can do to earn God's grace in Christ in spite of all our betrayals. It is poured out upon us like a jar of priceless oil, just like the water that fell on Quinn's forehead, free of charge. For hers is a gift of abundance. For Judas, there's never enough. How offensive for Judas and all of his religious friends. After all this time, after all he's invested to watch this woman who's not even supposed to be there, who may or may not have been unclean herself, receive this sort of affirmation from Jesus out in plain view for everybody to see? And so what does he do? He plots Jesus' death in the darkness and in the shadows. We all have a choice. Bite our tongue, speak our truth. Pour it out, hold it back, take the risk, stay the course, make the leap, walk away. Give it all you have or take what you can. The stakes were awfully high. She made her choice. I wonder, is Jesus really worth it? Are God's promises of freedom and justice and peace, are they really worth it? By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have nothing to lose. Amen.
Let us pray. Wonderful creator, God of laughter and promises, hear our prayers. In the calm of this space, we thank you for those things that sustain us and transform us. Water that refreshes, fire that refines, wind that changes, and breath that fills. In the calm of this space, we give you thanks for this time, for this time set apart to worship. We lift up to you all of our praise for the good in life and for the struggles that help us to grow. We lift up to you that which we cannot name aloud. We lift up to you our hearts knowing that you have held them all along. In the space of this calm, we are mindful of those who do not know the beauty of friendship and community, the calm of daily bread, the peace of life without violence of war. So we lift up to you those people around the world who suffer this day, the poor, the hungry, those facing rampant disease, our Asian brothers and sisters. We lift to you those places torn apart by war and conflict and by natural disaster. As if we need to lift them up to you, you are already there, compassionate and strong. Help us to follow your example as best we can. In the calm of this space, we are mindful of those in our community who are racked with worry and anxiety about their health and the health of their loved ones about work and finances, about kids and their well-being and their education. We lift up to you those who are anxious about so much as if we need to lift them up to you. You are already with them. The still small voice in the midst of the storm reminding them to breathe and to trust. Let us abide in you and with you. Let us stand for love and with love following the way of your Son who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When we come together, God's abundance leaves us in awe. As we have been walking with Jesus in this season and in all seasons, I wonder the ways in which God is calling us to give in this time. Is there a nudge to explore God in creation through prayer or in silence? the opportunity to serve a neighbor with a meal, a note, or a phone call, or contributing to one of our Lenten offerings. Maybe you are interested in learning more about the life at Selwyn in our community, or would like to offer planned financial support. During the anthem, we invite you to contemplate where God is calling you to give in this season. The text to give number is 704-734-9818 with hearts of gratitude, let us go to God with our offerings.
Let us join our voices in prayer as we dedicate our gifts to God as printed in our bulletin. O oh God, your gifts are manifest all around us, and especially in this community of hope, love, and peace. May the gifts we return to you this day be a sign of our commitment to do your work in this community and in our world to establish the flourishing of all your children as we seek to exhibit your reign here and now. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which surpasses all understanding, dwell in your hearts and abide in your minds until we meet again. In the name of God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, amen.